Hey, Chrissy. Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi, Beth. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. Oh, this is great. I'm so glad you're all here. There we go. I'm admitting everybody. It takes a bit for um, Zoom to get everybody in. You're going to notice my smile is a little crooked today because I just had a filling. <laughs> and they told me it would be done by now, but uh, uh it's a little crooked. <laughs> anyway, if everybody could mute themselves, that would be lovely. Um, and if you can't, I'll go ahead and mute yourself, mute you anyway, um, just because it makes the noise a little less for some people. And, you know, some of us can only handle so much sensory information at the same time. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm so psyched for day two because we're gonna get into the meat of the art of adulting now. And I'm gonna just jump right in. So yesterday we went over, oh, darn it, hold it. I forgot a couple of housekeeping things. I just uploaded the new version of yesterday's video that cut out the first 12 minutes because that was all the bringing everybody in. So I did that, and I then also went over to the podcast and uploaded that now as well so that the edited version, and you don't have to listen to the whole 12 minutes at the end. So I wanted to let you know that and to apologize for sending out these emails that were not supposed to go out yesterday. I'm still learning how to be good at this all this technology. There's just a lot to learn. And I'm happy to learn it. It's just, I don't like learn the process of learning it. I'd like to just know it all right now. I mean, can you just inject it, you know, so that I just know it? I mean, like the Matrix movie, which was really cool that my son introduced me to. So, um, yeah. But hey, that's not how it works. We have to go through the pain of growth. And yep, I'm there. So just so you know, I appreciate your patience with me. And um, again, we're going to try to do half of the class where I'm going to explain these concepts and then the other half where you're going to have questions. But please go ahead and put them right in the chat because it really helps me um, to know where you are. Sometimes I glance over and look at it. And sometimes I have to glance over and admit people too because I haven't figured that part out yet. So I'm going to go ahead and open up my chat so I can see you as well. So go ahead and put your stuff in the chat. And then at the end, I will definitely answer as all your questions before we sign off. I'm hoping we'll be done in an hour, but if it takes longer than that, it's because you have questions and I wanna make sure that I get them answered. All right, so yesterday we went through um, the first part of the Life GPS, which is who am I at my core? What are my core strengths? And they're really important for us all to recognize not only ours, but also everybody in our family, because then we can reinforce whenever we see them acting strong or compassionate or regulated or focused or whatever it is that is the thing that really matters most to them. And the psychologists tell us that people fall into depression, not because of things outside of them, but because they believe that they're not meeting their own expectations. So it's really clear to get really good to get it clear up front what our expectations are of ourselves and to train our brain to look for what's going well, because it's going to look for what's going wrong because it's trying to protect us. And we're going to go over that um, that motivational triad today so that you can see what you know the theory is that makes a ton of sense about what we focus on. All right. And then today we're going to talk about what will I do next to get what I want. And that's a matter of creating a funnel for us of all the possibilities and dripping it down to really what matters most to us. What do we really want? It takes us a while to sort it out. We have to go through the process of doing that. But once we have it and we get it kind of automated, like on our phone, 
then we know that we're working on what matters most to us and what's the highest priority. And that's all we can ever do. We can't do it all at once. None of us can. So today we're going to talk about, okay, why do we escape? So I've been getting emails and comments um, about, I signed up for this thing about screens. And when are we going to get to that? And we're going to get to that right now because screens are an escape. Any form of media is an escape or any other um, action that we take that isn't going to get us what we really want, what's really satisfying. Because there's so many things out there to distract us. There's shopping online. There's um, you know movies and everything else that's on screens. There's um, eating. Eating is one of my favorite distractions. Um, and there are plenty of other ones. And it's, it's not a problem. None of those things are a problem. Screens aren't a problem. Eating isn't a problem. It's important. Um, sometimes people overexercise. Exercise is important. What's the problem is when we overdo it. So what we want to do is instead of imposing limitations on another person, like the internet goes off at midnight or whatever else, you know, that we've all thought would be something we could just impose, we recognize that that the graduates that we're working with are mature. They want to have their own, make their own decisions about what they do with their energy. They don't want us to impose that. And I know that the that those um, graduates who are here hopefully would echo that, you know, let me make my decision. And we want them to make their decisions because that's what adulting is all about, is making our decisions our own decisions and living with the consequences. So we want them to practice that while they're living with us as much as possible so that when we're no longer here, they're, they've had more than enough practice deciding what's right for them. And then we want to talk about, I'm going to go over the motivation equation, which really opened my eyes. This was one of my clarity moments in life was like, why do I not do what I want to do? And it's four things. It's really simple. There's a genius Let's put that equation together. Then we're going to talk about the 10 domains and how we divide life into the 10 domains. And then um, I hope I'm going to have time to, to show you how, I think this is one of the easiest ways to figure out how we want to allocate, allocate our energy. And I want to show that with you today, show that to you today. So um, have I covered everything? Are we good to go? Just put something in the in the chat if you think that there's something that I need to um, address right now. Hello. Everybody good? No. I'm going to go ahead and mute the people that just came on just, um, you know, to make it easier for everybody else so they're not hearing extraneous um, information, which is fine, but we just can't always process it all now. So let's go right into the three inevitables of life. These were proposed um, and, and asserted by Phil Stutz. He was, he's a psychologist who has had, um, oh, the same thing that Michael J. Fox has. Oh my God, I just, Parkinson's. He's had Parkinson's since his twenties. And he's a psychiatrist who um, moved to LA because the weather was warmer. It was better for him physically, became, the um a psychiatrist to a lot of people in the movie industry and one of his clients made a documentary about him and it's called stutz and it's in netflix and it's fascinating and this is where this comes from he says there are three inevitables in life pain fear and work and we all have to deal with them for the rest of our lives as long as we're alive we're going to have pain fear and work as part of our life and what do we do when we're in pain We or have fear or we have work we don't want to do? We attack, we avoid and avoid. And that makes perfect sense. I'll explain that in the next slide. But what I want to do is encourage us to approach the pain, fear and work that we have in our life instead of avoid it, because that's how we learn and grow. And that's what we want to do is we want to up level our skills every moment in our life. So this is Seth Perler's iceberg theory. Seth is the um, founder of the um, online executive online the on TFOS, the executive function online summit. That's it, TFOS, and um, he's worked with our kids a lot with with autistic people and other um, alternative learners a lot. And he says most of us 
we usually notice what's at the top of the iceberg. And I apologize, this is so small, but um, late work, no motivation, low grades, homework battles, missing assignments. He works mostly with students, procrastination. This is what we notice. But what's really going on here is all kinds of other things that impact our ability to get things done. All right, I'm gonna, there's just too many there for us to remember. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break it down into three things. There are three things that get us in trouble. One, we want to, our brain wants us to stay safe. It's, it's built that way to keep us alive, to keep us in our, um, in our comfort zone, to keep us safe, to keep us in that homeostasis, that balanced state. It wants us to avoid pain. It wants us to conserve energy and minimize our effort. And it wants us to seek pleasure, instant gratification so we feel better. So this is the way that this is the brain and the way that it's operated to keep us alive for most of our lives is the default motivational triad. Oh, I did want to mention, I there's a transcript at the YouTube video now. I am editing that transcript for clarity and brevity, and I will upload it into the uh, podcast episode. So if you'd rather read than listen, you can just copy paste that transcript into a document. Or if you just want to listen and you want to listen, maybe with the transcript in front of you, sometimes that really helps me to, to get it in my brain. It's all going to be available to you. It just takes me about two hours to edit the transcript from a one hour video. So I just wasn't able to get it done yesterday, but it, the one from yesterday, the transcript should be up there today. All right. So does this make sense? Does this motivational triad make sense to y'all? Just give me a, throw something in the chat so that I know that you're, you're with me here. So I'd really appreciate it. All right. Um, Let's go on to though, what we would like, what we need to do. We actually need to turn the motivational triad on and do exactly the opposite of what it is that we um, are trying to do. Yes, so instead of seeking pleasure, what we wanna do is deny the false pleasures in life. Those are the screens, those are the, um, you know, shopping, those are the eating, those are the things that bring us immediate pleasure, but they're false pleasures. They don't truly satisfy us. And the thing is, we can never get enough of something that isn't truly satisfying. Please take that in. We can never get enough of something that isn't truly satisfying. That um, Gabor Mate shared that with us, with me, one of my teachers, he is um, actually Canadian, and I thought he was French Canadian, but I'm wrong, he's Hungarian. Anyway, he immigrated to Canada. I thought he was French Canadian, but he lives in Vancouver and he's worked with a lot of people who um, have addiction problems. And that he says is the root of the addiction problem is that they keep trying to go back to whatever it is that they're alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, and um, try, you know, they feel better, but they only feel better for a little bit. And then they want, then they feel bad again. So then they go get it again. And that's the root cause of it. And I think that's the root cause of why our kids are on stuff, you know, while, why we all are on screens, why this is a struggle for the whole, anybody that owns a screen, which is most people in the world now, it's, you know, they're, everything on those screens is, is, a, is made to keep us uh, seeking pleasure. And we need to deny pleasure so that we can actually make progress. We want to, instead of avoiding pain and staying safe, we want to take some risks to grow. That's what is going to get us what we really want, what we really want at our core, using our strengths. And we want to, um, instead of conserving energy and minimizing our effort, we want to expend a lot of energy, trying to take massive action, trying a bunch of stuff to see what works for us. And we will figure it out. We will. So um, here's what's going on though. And this is just genius. Piers Steele wrote the procrastination equation, got a bunch of awards for it. Oh, and yesterday someone said, who are all the names of all these people that you're talking about? Please check out the transcript because all the names are gonna be spelled correctly 
in the transcript once I've edited it. So these are the fancy words that they're using to, we want to maximize motivation, which is the top of the equation, and we wanna minimize resistance. So here's what's happening when we are procrastinating, when our, when our motivation isn't where it needs to be. The first part, expectancy. That's, a, that's another word for confidence. We don't have, we have, our confidence is, is, is on a, like on a scale from one to 10. So if we have 10 confidence, 10 expectancy, we believe we can get what we want. We believe that, we're, that we can do just what we need to do. If we're at one, we're somewhat, you know, we're definitely doubting. We're in the doubt camp. We doubt we can get what we want so that we're not confident at all. And I love Mel Robbins' definition of confidence. It's just the willingness to try. So when our expectancy is high, yeah, we're willing to try. When our expectancy is low, we, we're just, we're putting the brakes on. We multiply that. So we get our, give ourselves the score. So if you could right now, just imagine something that you know that you've been putting off. There's always something on our to-do list that we put off. So what is going on in your expectancy? Can you rate yourself from one to 10? How do you think you are? Do you think you can get done what you want to get done? Give yourself a one through 10, write that number down. And then I'm gonna have you multiply it by the value. So value is another word for importance. How important is the thing you want? How important is it on a scale of one to 10? If it's a 10 in importance, but a one in expectancy, you multiply those two numbers and your top number becomes 10. We could have 10 times 10 or 100 at the top. Underneath is the resistance for doing the action. How impulsive are we? How, that's another word for how distractible are we? How easily distracted are we? Does it, you know, do we walk into the kitchen and we are determined to only eat what we've decided to eat in advance, but there's a cake on the counter or there's a box of cookies or whatever it is that's just going to distract us. So how impulsive are we on a scale of one to 10 about this particular topic? And if it's a two, we're, that means we're not very impulsive. It means we mostly stay focused. If it's a 10, that means we are so easily pushed off of what we want, doing what we want. And then we multiply that number times the delay. How long is it going to take us to get the benefit of what we are trying to do? And the way that we manage that is we break it down into pieces. So, okay. Let's give ourselves a score. We could be a hundred times one, because if we're one on both impulsiveness and delay divided by one, then a hundred divided by one equals a hundred. That would be the maximum level of motivation we could have. Now, it yes, this is really helpful. Um, and what we want to do then is to notice that the way we have evaluated ourselves is a result of the way we're thinking. So these are all thoughts. So now we realize, oh, we've got to start getting aware of our thoughts. And this is the tool to do that. We look at the situation, which is something that we cannot control. This is the what. This would be... Um, the scale says I weigh 131 pounds. All right. And, you know, I'd like to be closer to 120. True. Okay. So that's the situation. Those are the facts. Those are the things that that's the gravitational pull on our body right now. We cannot change that. The facts. Then we look at, okay, what thought is that creating and what emotion does that thought stir up in us? So it's really important that we notice the thought and emotion combination. That's the so what. So the first question is what? So what is the thought and the emotion combination right here? And it's going to create a bunch of different emotions. That's why sometimes we get so confused because we have a bunch of thoughts and they're creating a bunch of emotions. 
And it's all over the, that's when they say we're ambivalent. That means we have some, some thoughts that drive us the right direction and some thoughts that don't. We're ambivalent. Really important to notice them. I think it's really important to record them, write them down, get them out of our heads so that that spin cycle of thinking is actually slowed down enough so we can examine it. Then that's going to create an emotion. And I think the best emotions for us to be flavored by are curiosity and love. So let's say we just say, I wonder why I've gained the weight back that I lost. Curiosity becomes my emotion. Then the action and the result come out of my thinking and my emotions. So, okay, I'm going to be flavored by curiosity. So I'm going to notice what I've been eating. Eating is such, this is such an easy example. I'm going to be noticing what I'm going to eat. I'm going to write some stuff down about what I notice I'm eating. And then um, I'm going to notice that that's creating the result that I have. And okay, so if I want to change the result, I got to go back up to the thought and figure out which of the thoughts work best for me. That's why that squiggly arrow takes us back up to the thought. The result always ties to our thoughts. So once we've sorted all this out, we can go back to the, to the motivation equation and we can say, oh, I was thinking that I couldn't do this, but it's because I didn't break it down enough to just the very next step. All right, so I'm going to decide my next step is going to be to do some research online. And that's, I know I can do that. So it's I've got high expectations that I can complete it. It's important to me because I want to figure out what's going on or what I need to know. And oh, I'm right here in front of my computer where I usually am. And I'm going to get a pretty good answer within seconds, you know, or milliseconds from Google. So that's why we want to notice that all of the values in our motivation equation are as a, are the result of our thinking. All right. So how does this then how do we get our way to applying that motivational triad, the intentional one more often in our life? Because um, here's the thing, our role as their adult, as their parents, this is from William Sixrod and Ned Johnson, their book called The Self-Driven Child, which is a really, I highly recommend it. Our role is not to force them to follow the track that we've laid out for them. It's to help them develop the skills to figure out the track that's right for them. That's our role as parents. So how do we do that? Well, we notice that in life, there are three forms of discipline that are going to be there no matter what. Responsive, structural, and expansive. What that really means is we need to decide in advance how we're going to respond to, this, to the challenges of life. We want to respond with strengths. That's why we want to know our strengths. We need to respond to the challenges of life by having some structure in our life, getting the patterns, getting the routines that work for us to do the things that we know we need to do. And the third discipline is expansive discipline. This is when we learn how to deal with our anxiety. Because our anxiety, our emotions, our usually it's it's either anxiety or it's guilt or it's shame that is preventing us from taking the actions we need to take. So that's what we need to do is we need to deal with those really uncomfortable emotions in a in a um, you know in a functional way in a way that works for us. So. I have found that when I divide life into three parts and then break it down into the 10 domains, it makes it easier for me to figure out what to do. There's so many options out there. That's the thing that's been, um, the, our, our options have multiplied many fold when we compare them to our grandparents. Most of our grandparents um, were worked on farms, like it was 90% of people worked on farms in the early part of last century. And they had so, only so many choices. It was what kind of farm? And even then, sometimes they didn't even get to decide that because they inherited the, inherited the farm like my grandfather did. He inherited the farm. It was a dairy farm. And, you know, he had some acreage, but the main um, the main asset was the barn where they milked cows. 
So there's only so much, so many choices back then. Now we have a ton of choices. So let's go and look at each part of our life and figure out. So Judith said, um, please explain the time part. Mm, I'll get to that. That's the third thing. That's when I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to show you a really easy way to figure that one out. All right. So here's the first four energy. We have to have enough energy to do whatever we want to do. I, I believe we have to have enough money. So we're not worried about it. That, which takes away our energy. We have to have enough, you know, the right food, nutritious food. We have to, our, when our mental health is strong, we can get more done. And we're, when we're physically strong, then we can handle um, life well. And so those are the energy domains, the first four. Then the work domains are our home and our job. And the last one is keeping. Keeping is all the things that support us, like our computers, our um, cell phones, our clothes, our cars. And it's also our passports and our haircuts and our driver's licenses and all our pets, all the things that we have that support the lifestyle that we love. That's in the keeping. Home is in work because it takes work to maintain a nice home. And I want to make sure that my home is warm and welcoming. That's what I want to not only to me, but also to the people that I love, my friends and my family. So home to me is work. And then the last final three domains are about learning, relationships, and virtues. And guess what? We've already done number 10 because our virtues are the same thing as our strengths. Those tend to be the things that we value most and they come from virtues, which are universal and have no, and are not time bound. They, they just um, make sense to most humans. So here's the time part. How do we figure this out? Oh, I'm so glad we have time for this. All right. This is what you do. You take, um, you take a piece of paper. And I'm just going to take this whiteboard because I think it's going to work really well for us. And you now you divide it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make a new slide that doesn't have anything in it. There, there. Now you can see me better. All right. So we divide it. We we just divide it in half. Then we divide the top half again and the bottom half again. Now we have eight squares. And then we're going to have to put one more line in here. All right. So what do we have now? Three by four. Four. No, that's not enough yet. Okay, so we now we need to have um, four by four, and uh, we need to end up with six times four. So I'm just going to keep going by dividing it up like that. So now we have six at the top, four down the side. These are 24 squares, which represent the 24 hours in the day. All right. So what do we do most? You know. Most of the time, what we do to um, to renew ourselves is we sleep. So we sleep at least six hours a day, right? And sometimes we we're supposed to sleep between ten of uh, between eight and ten hours a day. So I'm going to give us eight ten hours a day to sleep. That includes getting to bed, getting up, you know, all that the whole process. We should allocate about ten. 10 hours to that. And then of course, there's always, you know, we wanna, we wanna, we want to, um, we want to bathe, right? So this is, um, you know, we bathe and dress. That's part of it too. And then we want to eat breakfast maybe, or whatever we do, we're gonna eat three meals a day. I'm gonna give us two hours for three meals a day. All right, so that what that basically says, and when we do this with, uh, with everybody in our family, we go, oh my goodness, look what's left. We basically have six plus five, 11 hours in our day that are discretionary. All right, good to know. So let's ask ourselves, what are we doing with that time? So most of the time, you know, parents, um, wage earners work, 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 work. How much is that? That's four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm going to give us one more. 
because we have to go to and from work. So that's work. So it ends up that we really have about two hours every day that's discretionary. And I think this is really important for us to notice about ourselves. And then we need to ask our graduates to do the same thing. So often, I know I have um, met several graduates who you just take those W's and, and it's really screens, right? So they're spending how much of their energy on screens? A lot of their 24 hours is spent on screens. And I say, when I say that, okay, we agreed about the 10 domains. We agreed that that's what life was made up of. What time are you putting into your finances? What time are you putting into your food, your, your mental health, your physical health? The answer is that's got to all fit in these last two. Wow. And I think the biggest, the reason why this is happening, right? So we have, we have the last two. But I think the reason why this could be happening, at least this is what I figured out with my kids, is that, and I'm just going to put in some um, words here. So I think the future is hard for them to imagine. It's like, I think most of our graduates do a really good job. And frankly, that's what I value my graduate from, for because my graduates have the best sense of humor and they can certainly notice things that I don't notice. So they're much better in the present than most of us are. I got to tell you, I think that's, you know, I, I was born in a family of autists. I think that's true. As extrapolating the past and projecting the future is the hard part. And so that's why we go through and create the 10 domains. We look at each of the 10 domains and we say, okay, what have we already created what do we want next? And what are we willing to do? So let me give you an example. If we go back to finance, what have we already created? Let's take, um, I'll take one of my graduates. I'll keep them in mind. They have a um, checking account. They have a savings account. They have a debit account. They have a credit account. It's a secured credit account. Um, they have, actually they they now have a, a 401k with their new employer. Um, they don't have life insurance. Um, no, they do. They have life insurance, but I bought it for them when they were born. So they have life insurance. Um, do you see how we're starting to look at what do they already have in the finance area? Because we want them to notice and we want to notice ourselves how much has already been created in our lives and in their lives that is wonderful. I mean, we are really lucky to live in a first world country where all of this is possible. They have an education. I mean, all the things, but in the finance area specifically. Then, okay, what do they want next? Well, they might want to get one of those secured credit cards. Yep, they might want to consider getting a 401k so that they can take care of the future them when they're older and don't want to work any longer and they're in their 70s or 80s and they'd like to have some income coming in that isn't earned income. That's we need to start talking about not only what's going to help them today but what's also going to help them in the future. And I think this is the part where we create a vision for them of what things are going to look like in the future. And that's really important, and we'll discuss why tomorrow. But it's really important that they can see the future and that the future is going to be okay. And what they just have to do next to get that future. And we'll talk about why that's so important and how that relates to anxiety tomorrow. But what, I, what we're doing is we're really getting specific about what they already have, what they want next, and what they're going to do about it. And then they take their what they're going to do and they put it on Google task. If any, I think every one of them is probably has a Gmail or a Google calendar. If you'll notice on the right hand side of either one of those, there's a column of icons. There's one with a circle and a check mark in it. That's their Google task. They already have a Google task account if they have a Gmail. And they put those 10 domains in there 
and then they put subtasks under each one of those 10 domains and it's exactly what they're going to do next. And then they download that to their phone. I promised you that I would tell you how to create a life GPS for them that they would have on their phone. And this is how you do it. It's free and it works both on, um, on iPhones and on the other kinds of phones. Um, it works on every phone because it's you just download the app. So now when they've got that task app on their phone, and hopefully they position it so that it's not, it's on the first page of all the pages of apps that they have. They know they can click on that and they know what to do next to create what they want. This is what we do inside the Art of Adulting. We reinforce them doing what they need to do to get what they want. Now, tomorrow we're going to talk about all the stuff that comes up that gets in the way of getting, of doing the doing. But today, I just wanted to help you um, with the process to put together the structure, the structural discipline. Because by affirming what we want to be true, this is from the 10 best ever anxiety management techniques by Margaret Weinberg, Warrenberg. Um, well, affirming what we want to be true, what's on our GPS about our lives, our situations, our characters, our attitudes, we create the conditions for that truth and make it happen, even as we just talk about it. And that's what we do. We talk about it with each other. What do we want? What are we going to do next? And what comes up when we try to do the next thing? That's what we do. So now um, we realize after we've done this a few times, how much effort it takes to go from just being good to being great in our lives, to have a good life versus a great life. So we right-size those projects. So we're get, we get good, we get great at a few things and we ignore the other things. The Life GPS helps us plant that, that pin drop where we want to go and then we focus on where we want to go and we try to, our best to ignore the distractions along the way. This is how we do it because we've decided in advance that's where we want to go. We've decided that's what we want. Every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I walk with graduate number six, five. And on Monday, we talk about the first four domains. On Tuesday, we talk about the next three. And on Wednesday, we talk about the next th three. And it makes the conversation that we're having so much more meaningful. It, 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 and it also steers it toward, help me understand better what it is you want and how I can support you and how I'm willing to support you. Maybe I have to set a boundary. I'm not gonna fund your life for the rest of your life. If you wanted to spend $50,000 to create a video that you think is gonna go viral on YouTube, I don't have 50 grand, but I can certainly help you in other ways. I mean, there are, you know, there's so much dialogue that can happen between the two of us where we get our thoughts out in the air and we sort them out together. And I have found this to be magical. It's gotten, you know, the highs in our lives are higher and the lows aren't quite as low. We don't go through quite as many of the depression dips because we know what they, what we want and we're doing it. So that's really what, yeah. Yeah, there we go with the multitasking, Christine. That's a very, very good point. And the, you know, the research suggests that multitasking is a, is a myth that we really can't. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. So tomorrow we're gonna talk about outsmarting anxiety, but I really wanna address any questions that you have right now. So it, just to summarize, um, let me go back to the beginning. There's three inevitables, pain, fear, and work. And the way that, you know, the way we usually respond is we attack the other person, avoid them, or, or and I suggest that the best thing is to approach them. So what we want to do is increase the discipline, the responsive structural and expansive discipline. And that's what we do by looking at the three parts of life and breaking them down into the 10 domains and figuring out what we want next. And lots goes up, comes up when we're trying to get that stuff done. That's what we'll talk about tomorrow.
And the, these are the skills we need. That's what um, Martin Seligman said. You know, you can be, you can take the medicine, you can be in, in therapy, but they'll stop working once you do those things. What we what really works is when we apply the skills over and over again so that they're just a part of us and a part of what we do in our normal routine. All right, I'm stopping. I'm not going to talk anymore. <laughs> so please um, tell me what you're thinking right now so I can I can try to address it. Put it in the chat and I will give you my give you my best um, thoughts. Delay is in the in the procrastination equation. Yes, thanks, Kathy. So delay is um, how long it takes for us to get the benefit from from doing what we you know from getting doing the thing that we're doing. So if we if I were to say you know I want to have a um, million dollars in my IRA, and when I looked at that, I would you know and I set it up so that I was saving you know five percent of my salary. And I realized, oh, you know what that means. That's like $200 a month. I'm never going to get to a million dollars, right? It's just too far out. So what we want to do is we want to break that million dollar goal down into pieces and start with what we can do right now, which the first thing you did was sign up. So check that one off. The next thing you do is you decide where your investment allocation is. Okay, if you've done that already, check that one off. The next one it is you you celebrate when you get to a thousand dollars. Somehow you know we we go to um, we go to Taco Bell and have some tacos together or whatever it is you know you we we say hey look you signed up for this thing look at how much money you're saving you got to a thousand let's celebrate so that there's not so many delays it, it we just lose we lose interest. We're him. We're human. We're going to get distracted by other things. So that's what the delay means. Um, which of the ten domains fall into which of the three parts of life? Sue, so it's going to be in. I mean, it's these three slides: energy, work, and I know I'm going too fast. Love, and they are going to be in the replay. And also, once I get it done, they will be in the edited transcript. So. You can also, right now, if you know how to just take a screenshot of those three um, energy, screenshot, work, screenshot, love, screenshot, <laughs> but they're going to be there. No worries. Are you can, this should be uploaded um, fairly, you know, by, by four o'clock this afternoon. So you can go back in and just screenshot the replay if you want. And then um, you can get to work on those. They're also, by the way, oh, what am I talking about? They're in your workbook. Download the workbook. They're in the second day of the workbook. So please download the workbook. You've got the, you've got the, um, you've got the link, right? I don't have it handy. I don't know if Brittany was able to join us today, if she's got the link. So yes, they are in the workbook. Thanks, Kathy. Yes. And you're, does anyone have their graduate with them? I don't. It's a job to get to that point. Yes, definitely. It's a job to get to that point. But the whole idea is, um, yes, he can view the links. Your son, anybody can view them. They can download them. This is available. Um, it is a job to get to that point. And that's where my best practice, what worked best for me was to walk with them once a day. We have to schedule time with our kids. It sounds contrived, but it's so valuable. And when we have times that we always get there, um, I cannot believe this actually happened, but for the last three years, well, since COVID. So yeah, for the last three years, my daughter is joining me every morning in exercise. Yes, this was impossible. I thought it was impossible. And now not only is it possible, but it's inevitable that she's going to find that move a piece, a part of her day is going to be devoted to movement and we do it together. And then things come up when we just, you know, we just work at this morning. We did yoga together. It was, it was, she was just adorable. So, you know, I'm just mush. So anyway, we have to schedule time to do this work together. Um, it used to be, you know, when I was growing up, it was like maybe around the dinner table. I'm not I'm sure that that was ever very effective. 
in our family. But um, in the car is one of the best times to talk about this. Um, and, and I just started with, here's what, it, this all came about when I realized um, when 9-11 happened, I looked at my to-do list and I started grouping them and I borrowed a business plate template, which basically said, what are the key result areas? Oh no. I hope that's not the people from, um, anyway, it says Wellsville. Anyway, hopefully they'll call me back. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. So I divided my to-do list into parts and it was nine parts at the time, but then I, I made health, mental and physical their own um, key result area. And then I decided what I want and what projects I was gonna do. So that's what a business plan looks like. The business looks at what are the key result areas? What are they gonna do about it? You know, What do they want have happen? And then who is going to, um, who's gonna do what? It's the same thing that we do in our lives. So I applied that business plate template to, to our life. Uh, yeah, the task app, if you go into your app store or into Google Play and put in Google Tasks, T-A-S-K-S, it will pop up. So I don't have the link because you want it on your phone. And I don't, uh, I don't know how to do that. Send you a link on the phone. Not sure. All right. So please keep asking me questions. My graduate's not with me. All right. So how... How do we approach them? Oh, so that's what I was talking about. So, all right. Then I realized, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want my kids to know. So I interviewed them and I started with food. I figured that's about as good a place to start as any. Food, what do you want to eat? What do you like to eat? What are your favorite foods? And we started to document those. Okay, which of those things do you know how to shop for? All right, I know how to get this but I don't know how to, I don't know where this is. Okay, then um, what do you wanna know? What do you wanna learn? Now, let's be real. Most of the food that my kids, that my graduates eat that I don't cook is prepared by somebody else. Guess what, that's fine. Frozen broccoli is a legitimate snack. You just nuke it in the microwave, and I couldn't believe it yesterday when my daughter told our physician and our physical that it's really good. <laughs> you know? So frozen broccoli, put it in a nine, you know, nine by 13 Pyrex dish, nuke it for 20 minutes, put the lid on it, put it in the refrigerator. They will eat it if you make it, they will eat it. And then, um, then, sorry about the pinging. There's a reason for that. Um, and then you can teach them how, right? So yeah, the I don't know answer. Okay, we gotta address that because that's what put me in my depression dip. Back in 20, you know, when 9-11 happened, which was 2001, I believe, 2002. Anyway, a long time ago, uh, everybody in our family had been diagnosed with something. And I kept saying to myself, I don't know how to help. I don't know how to help. When you say that, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel defeated. So then what do you do? Nothing. And then what happens? Nothing. So the I don't know answer is just an escape. You, we have to say, I don't know is not allowed anymore in our family. This is when we parents start to set some boundaries. And it's like, I don't, I won't accept, I don't know anymore. If you, if I were gone tomorrow, and I, I know that just puts the fear, my daughter starts crying. I mean, it's not nice, but if I were gone tomorrow, how would you figure this out? What would you do next? Oh, well, then I'd ask somebody, right? Something, you'd ask the Googles, you'd ask whatever it is, you'd figure it out. So the, uh, thank you, Christine, 2001. Yeah, it was devastating for me. I mean, it just was, and you know, those two things together put me in a depression dip. But the thing that really kept me in that depression dip was I don't know. Because that's, we can't let that go by. Doesn't it sound simple? It sounds so innocent. I don't know. Oh, 
sounds so, but it's devastating. It's a bad thought. All right. I'm not supposed to say bad thoughts, but it's bad. All right. Um, yes, look at that. Sue's sharing that when she asks her husband what he wants to eat, he says he doesn't know. When you push him about it, he says that he doesn't deserve to get what he wants. Well, there's an interesting thought we need to pursue. My children say, I don't know. Also, I like the idea of telling them that they can't use that as an answer. Look, I'm going to give you two choices. Do you want me to give you the choices or do you want to come up with the choices yourself? <laughs> it becomes, no, I'm not accepting it. You get this choice or that choice. Oh, you don't like either one of those? Which ones? Come up with something better. We cannot accept I don't know anymore. It's just unacceptable. It's just not okay. Because that'll put them right into a depression dip. And that's the last thing we want to do. If they can't even define their own expectations, you know they're not going to meet them and you know they're going to get depressed. We cannot let that happen. We have to say, you're, you're captive sitting next to me in the car. That's no longer an answer. Yes. I either, okay, so Judith is saying she doesn't ask open-ended questions about dinner anymore. <laughs> she either makes what she makes or she gives them, hey, it's fed for yourself night. So you can either eat what I cook or you can fend for yourself. We used to call that kid's choice. Yes, it's been since my kid was little that two choices was a thing. So iPad, you got it. If that works for you, it has worked for me. I usually hold up my hands and I say, this is one and this is the other. You know. So Christine's saying that her 20-year-old makes um, her meals 90% of the time. My kids do too. Uh, my graduates do too, because it mealtime was just, was not, requiring them to sit down to dinner with us on command stopped working. It just did. So I, we had to come up with something else. And the answer is you make it. I'll eat, I'm going to make what I'm going to make and you can figure out something else. So that's when they go to prepared foods and we eat a lot of frozen pizzas in our house. Um, you know, pasta and, and jarred sauce is fine. Um, what else do I see happening in my house a lot? Um, I do see Grubhub a lot, which I'm not happy about, but you know that drains their bank account. So they get the consequences of that fairly quickly and they also gain weight. So yeah, that declarative language really helps. Yeah, so we walk around on eggshells because we don't want to trigger them. Here's the thing about the triggers. Yeah. We don't want to, but in some ways, you know, it's actually beneficial to them. I know. We don't like it. It makes us feel very uncomfortable when they melt down. But when they do and get triggered, then if we can find the thoughts that are creating that emotion, if we can write it down, listen up. Sometimes we have to be our kids' scribe, our graduates' scribe, because they cannot find the words themselves. So if we just start jotting it down, and if they say, what are you doing? They say, I'm really listening, and I'm writing down what you're saying, because I won't remember it. So we can talk about it. Let's write it down. Let's get it down. You can, you can order it. O-T-T-E-R dot A-I. Go find that one on your phone. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Thanks, Christine. I don't know is usually the answer about life goals, how to move forward. The answer is you talk. You talk about it. You talk about what's their favorite thing to eat. You talk about, um, you know, what are they learning? Learning is such a great category as well. What are you doing on online these days? I mean, you don't have to tell me exactly what you're doing because our kids, my, my graduates guard their privacy like it's, you know, no tomorrow, but hey, what what are you doing online? Are you watching YouTube? What is it that you what are you learning about? What is just and or you can say, tell me, I'm really curious. I want to know the things that you spend your time on. Period. Instead of asking them a question, I'm curious. I love you. I want to know what works for you more. Please. I'd love it if you would share with me what's going on in your head, what you're doing with your time. It's it really 
We need, you know, we love them all the way down to their toenails. I mean, we love these kids so much that we're willing to come to a masterclass in the middle of our day for an hour and figure out, you know, see if we can find another way to figure this stuff out. Cause you know, we need as many tools in our tool cabinet as we can get. So, I mean, really, we really love them. We're very curious about what might work for them. What has worked, what doesn't work. It's almost more important to find out what doesn't work anyway. So that's so good, so good. That walking on eggshells is something I'd like to learn to stop. The answer, how you stop that is by tolerating the discomfort in your body. So here's what happens. They scream, we go, that's the first arrow. Then the second arrow is that goes to our brain. What's going on? So this is automatic. This is our sympathetic nervous system working for us. It, it automatically goes, and then our brain comes on a little bit later and starts to ask us questions. What's going on? What happened? What triggered this one this time? Oh my God, did I really say that? I know better than to not say that. And all the thoughts start happening up in our heads and that makes us feel awful and confused and overwhelmed and really uncomfortable. We need to do this work first. We need to go back up to the, the three questions. Where are you? There we are. What just happened? Write down what the words are that are coming out. Okay, what's my thought emotion combination? What's happening inside of me? Inside of me. Uh, they're never going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen to them if I die. Um, we're never going to get past this. Um, this keeps coming up and I'm sick of it. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I have no more energy left. I mean, those are the thoughts that come up. We all have them. I have them. I have them now. Now, though, I know at least what to do with them. It's like, okay, recognize that you're just making yourself tired. You're making yourself angry. You're making yourself disgusted. You're, some stuff is happening. And, you know, it, it's because we're human. Our brain is trying to no, get us to notice what's going on. Something's going wrong here because it's 80% of the time going to find stuff that's going wrong. And 95% of the thoughts that we think today are the ones we thought yesterday. And so we're just cycling the same thoughts over and over again. And we've got to figure out which ones actually work for us and which ones don't so that we intentionally practice the ones that do. We don't have to come up with new thoughts. In most cases, we have the thought. It's just that we don't practice it enough to create that emotion that gets us to the action that really works for us and the result that we really want. And um, yeah, my friend Britt told me, oh, by the way, that's the Spock hand. Do you know that, Lynn? <laughs> so that's the Spock hand. That's peace be with you, right? Peace. Be, um, may you live long and prosper. So um, it, it's kind of fun that I didn't even recognize that. That's what an autistic brain can help me with is to notice things in a different way, which I love. All right, so that walking on eggshells, yes, yes, yes. It just feels uncomfortable for us. So if we can manage ourselves, we can get ourselves to that calm centered place, then whatever goes, whatever the storm is, whatever the situation is, whatever the facts are that we cannot control, we can, we realize that we can handle them. That's the, that's where we start is with acceptance. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But if we go to any um, Alcoholics Anonymous or one of those, the, they start with the serenity prayer where they separate out, God grant me the serenity, nice feeling, to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And this is how we figure that out. Come at me with some more. I love, I love answering your questions. You can tell that this is my special interest. Oh, it's almost 12 o'clock. All right, who's got the last question or comment or, you know, just <laughs> tell me oh. how things are going. I'm on screen or anything. Look. Um, I can hear your sound, whoever's talking though. It costs $200. I'm going to mute you then. All right. So yes, we will work more on the walking on, about the walking on eggshells thing tomorrow. So please come tomorrow. Um, tomorrow's agenda is we're going to learn how to outsmart that anxiety that comes up when they, when something outside of us happens. How do we deal with stuff that happens outside of us that we cannot control? 
And, and that's what we're going to work on tomorrow. All right. I got one more minute. Anybody got anything else they want to throw in there? Oh, thank you. You're very welcome, Nancy, Kathy. Thank you for the thank yous. And I cannot wait to talk to everyone again tomorrow because this is what has made the biggest difference in our lives. And I can tell you that we are more peaceful and we are enjoying life more every day by applying these tools. It really has made a huge difference in all of our lives. And um, I want this to happen for you too. All righty. So I will see you tomorrow. Bye for now. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Lorraine. Yes. The, the link to the workbook is at the um, replay page. And the replay page link is the same one I sent you yesterday. So just click on that replay page and you'll, you'll get the link to the workbook. Okay. All righty. Bye for now. You bet, Annie.